Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. This relationship that you have with them needs to be win-win. And the reality is, is the reason that you are stopping the relationship, it is no longer a win-win. You are losing and they are winning in some way. And that is not a healthy relationship. You know, the sales group might get the benefit of their commission as soon as the sale is closed. And the customer is just a nightmare to service after that. And so the costs of serving that customer fall onto a different part of the organization. I'd be honest with them. They're business people. You have to lay it out, okay? You have to confront the issue and put it in a positive way, but you've got to tell them the reasons why it's no longer working for you. Colin, you and I have been doing these podcasts for quite a while now, right? We're um, headed into our fourth year, I believe. Yeah, four years, yeah. I can't tell you how many times in that span of time I have considered breaking up with you as a podcast host, you know, firing you as a co-host. You're telling me this now? Yeah, well, it's relevant now. Oh, okay. I was reminded of it again, like yet again, was I reminded of this based on the pickle that we got this week from our our dear listener, Robert. Oh, right. Okay. So that's an interesting lead in, mate, because is this one of these shows where you're now going to just drop the mic and walk off the set? I mean, <laughs> I like how you're giving the idea that I do that frequently. <laughs> I'm the prima donna of this. Where <laughs> yeah, I, I instructed that there should be no red M&Ms in this ball, Colin. How dare you? I know. It's terrible. We live such a glamorous life, don't we? It's true. it's true. Do you want to tell the audience where you're recording this from? I'm currently sitting in my minivan because we are, are visiting our family for the holidays. And this was the only quiet place that I could find <laughs> away from, this, away this from is, family. This is the extent that we go to for our listeners. Yes. Um, but I still might drop this mic and <laughs> open the, the sliding door and stomp away. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> it's I'd a glamorous to, life I'd, we lead, Colin. I'd love to see that, mate. I'd love to see it. Yeah. So the good news is we have a pickle. That we're we gonna, do. We're going <laughs> to deal with. Yeah. Before we go into the pickles, everybody knows about these pickles now, but I'm just going to mention it for, for those of you that don't. A pickle is a problem, a business problem that you've got. If you have a pickle, all you have to do is go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle, beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle. Tell us what your pickle is and Ryan and I will try to resolve it and try to tell you what we think you should do. And the better news is you can either now do that through completing the form and just sending it in. You don't even have to put your email address. We're not trying to harvest your email addresses from you. But we've also now installed a widget where you can record your pickle. And the idea of that is we would then be able to put you in the show 
telling us what your problem is rather than me read it out. Please just go to Beyond Philosophy, beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle and tell us what your problems are. We've been getting more and more of these in and the reaction we've been getting is great. I've been so happy the response that we've got on this. This was Colin's idea. He said, uh, maybe we can you know, have a little help desk or we can help solve some problems. And I said, yeah, that's, that'd be great if we got people to, to write in. And, and we've been getting a number of these and they've been great. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go on and talk about our pickle from Robert. Robert says, I am stuck in my minivan and I can't open the doors. <laughs> it's a very common problem. It is. It is. <laughs> no, this is actually from Robert. So Robert says, Colin and Ryan, I love the podcast. Robert's already going up in my estimations. Thank you, Robert. I love the podcast and looked through many years of your podcasts and was somewhat surprised that we didn't see a session related to this topic. I have worked in sales and business development capacity in the software industry for many years. During that time, I've encountered a few customers that no matter how much time, effort, and investment you put in improving the customer relationship, it remains dismal from both perspectives, the customer and the, and the company. There are countless opportunities to improve the customer experience, but are there situations where it's better for both parties to break up, go their separate ways, and spend time, energy, resources in other business relationships that could have a more meaningful impact? And if you concur... What are some of those rare situations where a customer breakup is the best course of action? How does... Ryan, oh, is that sorry. you? Are, are you leaving? Yeah, sorry, one second. Oh. I'm recording in here. Are you dropping the mic and leaving? Have I said something wrong? I'm throwing a fit right now. No, people who didn't realize I was in here recording. I thought I'd found the one private place. There's literally no escaping my family is the lesson that we can all <laughs> take away from this. I'm going to have to like rent a boat and go out into the middle of a lake. Sorry, go ahead, Colin. No, that's all right. I'm going to carry on reading um, uh, Robert's questions. So would you concur that there are rare situations where customers break up is the best course of action? How do companies reach that conclusion? Who should make the final decision? And how do you handle it in a clear and respective way? Are there any traps to avoid? The breakup metaphor probably reflects some similarities to personal relationships but clearly there may be some differences and I'd be interested to find out more. So really good pickle, Robert. We did actually do a show on should you fire your customer. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, which I would suggest that you read or listen to because that will answer some of the questions. What's your thoughts, Ryan? Let's go to you first. Robert had some um, had a whole list of great questions in that one. Let's start with the first question, which is, are there instances where you should break up with your customer or fire your customer, depending on your metaphor? My answer to that is yes, there absolutely are. Totally agree. We talked about this in the other podcast episode, but just to review briefly, kind of the two broad sets of criteria that I would encourage you to consider when making this decision are financial and interpersonal. So... From a financial perspective, there are some set of customers that cost you more to serve than they bring in in revenue. So in almost any industry, there are customers where you are losing money by letting them buy from you, yeah, either in terms of product returns or customer acquisition costs relative to revenue back out. 
And so from a financial perspective, those customers are ones that should be considered potentials for breaking up with, um, where it just does not make financial sense to serve them. Uh, the other group is a group that may be profitable, but are are just so odious, are just so difficult that it is wearing down on your people. We've unfortunately had a number of stories of terrible customers crop up during the pandemic where people are just treating sales staff or, or restaurant employees or airline employees in terrible ways, sometimes veering into criminal assault. Less dramatic example of, of that happened where some customers are just really unreasonable and terrible to work with. And, you know, you want to keep your employees happy. And, and so if, if you've got customers like that, I would also encourage you to consider whether it's worth keeping them as customers. I absolutely concur. Let me try to add to that list. And I guess this is the part of your question, Robert, about how do you reach that conclusion? So the bit that we talked about on the last podcast that I would just reinforce is you need to look at the long-term value, not the short-term value of those customers. Yes. Okay. And the cost of dealing with them. And we went through that in the last podcast. So I'm not going to go on about that now, but let me add to Ryan's list a bit more. Are these customers strategically important to you in some way? Because you may not necessarily be getting the revenue that you want, and they may not make economic sense, but they may make strategically important sense, i.e. it could be that they are a big organization that you being associated with them in some way reflects positively on your company. Are they particularly good at adopting new products or services that you bring out? Are they helpful effectively to your organization in some way? So in other words, you get some form of recompense, maybe not through revenue that you get with them and maybe not from a cost perspective, but from another source. The other reasons that I would be losing a customer or that would contribute towards the costs contribute towards the decision about firing the customer would be if they don't pay their bills on time, okay? (laughs) If you end up subsidizing organizations because they're not paying bills on time, and, and in my experience, what you typically find is the organizations that really try to suck resource out of you are also not very good at paying their bills. That is really true. Yeah. And as a small business ourselves, and we work with all the big organizations, it surprises us just the payment terms that people ask for. And we refuse long payment terms. And if people don't pay us, we're not going to work with them again, basically. You know, it just makes logical sense. But do they pay their bills on time? Another thought process here is, do they have a bad reputation that having them as a customer could spin off poorly from you from a reputational perspective Mm. as well, yeah, that you need to give some thought to. And the final thing I would say here is, and this sort of addresses your question about who makes the choice, okay? So again, my background, like yours by the sounds of it, Robert, is working in large corporates in the B2B area, We've worked with many large corporates since then, but I spent 20 years of my life there. And I have to say, 
asking a sales organization to make that type of decision typically doesn't go well because typically the sales departments want to keep every single customer that they have because you never know that customer that year could pull in some revenue and help you achieve your target. And in my experience, sales organizations are not mature enough to look at the overall cost to the business on things like, well, do they pay their bills on time? How much effort do we need to expend in just getting them to pay their bills? As Just as one example, let alone the customer service costs, and etc. So it needs to be an, more of an independent voice, okay? And either you get somebody in to do it, to review these organizations and set up some form of criteria as to who the companies are, and that could be done periodically, or it needs to be more of an independent group. And it could be somebody in the marketing team. But in my experience, different companies respect what marketing say in different ways. Some companies don't respect them at all. uh, And other companies put a lot of respect into them. Because for me, finally, it's a marketing decision about who we marketing to. And there are criteria that should be contributed by finance, as we've talked about, by other organizations. And and the final one, I've got a list here that I didn't mention, we did put on the other one, but on the other podcast is if they've done something bad to an employee. So if they've spoken badly, reacted badly, as Ryan was just saying, to an employee is is another key one. I think that who makes the decision is, is really an interesting one because we can imagine situations where the benefits and costs of working with a customer are distributed unevenly across the organization. So, you know, the sales group might get the benefit of their commission as soon as the sale is closed. And then the customer is just a nightmare to service after that. And so the costs of serving that customer fall onto a different part of the organization. So to your point, if you rely on the sales group to no longer sell to them, that's never going to happen because they're just going to keep getting the benefit of transacting with them and suffer none of the costs. So can you create a customer score sheet or can you create a way of evaluating the customer across the entire organization so that you're fully accounting for all of those benefits and costs in a way that is optimal for the organization as opposed to for any particular group within the organization? Yeah. And we don't do this, so I'm not pitching for business. But getting a consultancy company to come in and do an independent survey, an independent project on which customers you should keep and go based upon criteria that you give them is a good way simply because they are independent and they can tell you that your baby's ugly and make the case from a hard nose perspective rather than uh, you know any one of parts of the organizations that that may have some skin in the game that they don't want to lose a good customer or something like that, or even a bad customer. Hi, this is Colin, and I wanted to ask you a favour. It would really help Ryan and I if you could spend a moment and complete a review of the podcast. Positive reviews help us get out to more people, and we love hearing from our listeners and seeing what people have written. 
So please, just take a moment and complete a review. Thanks very much for your help. So let's move on to the, what are the key traps to avoid when making this this type of choice? I've got a list here, Ryan. Do you want me to go down the list or have you got something you want to add? Yeah, go ahead, dive in. So first one I've got is the key trap is not counting all the resources that you're putting onto it. Yep. We've said here, it's really surprising the amount of resource that organizations take up. So for instance, going back to the bill paying one, because it's one that organizations tend not to think about, how much time and effort does it take to get the bill paid? How much time and effort are they taking in customer service? How much time and effort are they taking in sales? Are they complaining a lot and therefore you have to deal with customer complaints and escalations? So I guess the point I'm trying to make is adding in all those resources, but then converting that to a number. How many hours is that a week, a month? And how many FTE, full-time equivalents, is that? And what's the cost of that? And how much cost did it take to employ that person? And how much training cost do we need to go in? And balance that against what Ryan said, which is, well, hold on, how much time and effort does it take to actually acquire those customers? So, you know, there's two ways of balancing this. Next one down I've got is sometimes customers can tell you that they're starting to become a bit of a pain and partly they're becoming a bit of a pain to you because you're not doing something. So it's Mm. not picking up the signs before that they are leaving. So has the revenues declined over the last three or four years? What's the reason for that revenue decline? You know, are you still putting in the same resource that you were four years ago, but you've seen that revenue decline? And before you're sacking them, is that something that you're doing? Is that something the organization's doing that you could fix? And if you fixed it, you could keep the customer. You know, is there another way of dealing with with them? I love that. Like the idea, should you occasionally break up with a customer? Like, yeah, that is absolutely a possibility. Should that be the first thing you go to? Yeah, usually never. Like, Are there other potential solutions here that we should investigate first? I think that's a really great point. Tied into that one, not just from a revenue perspective, is the customer SAT scores. Mm. So what's happened with the customer SAT scores over the last four years? Have they declined? Have they not improved over the last four years? And another question I would have, and again, this shows the environment that I came from, Uh, before starting Beyond Philosophy 20 years ago, is are those customer SAT scores truly independent? Can you really put your hand on your heart and say that the customer SAT scores that you've been obtaining are truly independent? And what I mean by that is, in the worst case, is the sales organizations vetting the customers that you should be checking, you know, the customer SAT scores? Are the other scores truly independent, basically, because if they're not, then you're getting a false reading. The other danger here is that the customer or you is making a mental decision that they're already leaving. And and I don't know about you, but when I've had jobs before, and I reflect back to my career, 
I got to a point where in a job, I got to a point where I thought, I've had enough now, I'm leaving. And it may have taken me six months to go and find another job, yeah? But mentally, I had left. And the danger is that the organizations mentally go, now we're getting rid of this customer. And you start sending signals to that customer, you know, reducing the resource, that makes them even more upset and uh, everything else. Or the customers go in, it can be, again, a sign of the declining revenues. The customer's going, yeah, they don't treat me as, as well as they used to. I don't like their service as much as I did. And they've mentally gone. And it could be that you're in an environment where they can't go anywhere anywhere else. You know, I know, Robert, you said you're in software. Can they get the same software somewhere else? How easy is it for them to escape you? And if it's not, you could be feeling that frustration and that goes back to, or they could be feeling that frustration and that could go back to, well, is there something that you could fix? Do all those make sense, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, to the, the point that you were raising earlier, it's possible that fixable relationships could become unfixable if we kind of lazily drift into this space where we're already kind of checking out uh, as opposed to, making the deliberate decision that, no, no, this isn't going to work anymore. And so we're going to decide to do things differently as opposed to just like, eh, everybody's kind of just checking out. And then it slowly just gets worse when it, it didn't necessarily need to. Yeah, no, absolutely. Moving on to the last part of uh, Robert's question, which was, so let's assume that you've, you've gone through the criteria. You've definitely decided that you want to go or that they should no longer be a customer of yours, or reinforce what Ryan said at the beginning. Definitely the case and organization should definitely do this. I've done this in my, in my past. How do you leave them? Yeah, I've got seven tips to give you uh, or a process to give you of how to leave them, okay? As you're going through your seven, if you could just tick off which ones also apply to breaking up with your, your podcast co-host. Because um, he's accusing you of being a prima donna. That would be helpful too for our listeners. For our listeners. For our listeners, of course. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And are you going to go through seven tips of how to do, uh, do a podcast in a minivan? <laughs> Not a lot of people knew this. The Beatles' White Album was recorded in a minivan. Was that? I didn't realize they were even inventing back in those yeah, days. Yeah, no, it was not a lot of people know that. <laughs> no, probably because it's not the case, but they <laughs> First of all, you've got to treat customers differently. Ironically, there's not a universal approach to this, okay? Yeah. And you may have to do this with different customers. So if I reflect back to my days in telecommunications and selling complex telecommunications to the largest 100 companies in the UK, in the world, then you didn't just deal with one person. It wasn't a question of just phoning up Bert Scroggins and saying, hey, we don't want to deal with you anymore. You know, there are layers of customers and those being different human beings, you have to treat them differently as well. The message needs to be consistent, but how you do it is different. And certainly, I would definitely go back to the podcast that we did last week, which was how to build relationships. And one of the key things that came out of that was doing it face-to-face. -face. So you need to treat customers differently. 
don't send them an email, don't send them a text. You've got to do it ideally face-to-face, particularly with the very important clients that you've got. Number one is treat customer differently. Number two is you need to frame the situation. So I'd be honest with them. They're business people. You have to lay it out, okay? You have to confront the issue and put it in a positive way, but you've got to tell them the reasons why it's no longer working for you. And one of the things I do often with people that approach me for things, and what I mean by that is I get a lot of people that contact me and go, can you promote this for me? And I think, well, or can you just do this? And I think, well, I could spend my life doing that. So what's the win-win? And that's the important question for me is, this relationship that you have with them needs to be win-win. And the reality is, is the reason that you are stopping the relationship, it is no longer a win-win. You are losing and they are winning in some way. And that is not a healthy relationship. Number three is, Explain the logic. Tell them what the logic is and the approach that you've taken. You don't have to go into all the costs and everything else. You can say to them, you know, well, it's just not cost effective for us, but explain the logic. Number four is recognize the fact that they may get emotional. All right. Mm. Recognize the fact that there may be some form of emotional response and rise above it. I always like the Barack Obama quote of when they go low, you go high. I believe that was Michelle Obama. Was it? Okay, thanks. So if they go low, you go high. Okay. And re- but recognize the fact that you're ending a relationship, you'll be causing them work. It may be that there's some type of even backlash for them internally in losing you as a p- supplier. I don't know. Uh, number five is apologize and be empathetic recognize that the situation that you're putting them in say you're sorry that you're leaving and or or that you're taking this route but you've explained the logic behind it tell them that you're going to help them move and offer some some suggestions Mm. don't just say thanks very much we're going and and that's it tell them that you will help them move as you know and aid them as much as you can and suggest some competition to go to because, you know, you don't want to leave them high and dry. Last one is I'd stay in contact because you never know. You never know whether that organization wants to come back to you and and turns around and says that they realize the error of their ways or whatever it may be. And you never know where that person or people you're dealing with end up. Uh, We have a lot of our clients who we've started off work with them in, in one organization they've then changed jobs and we've gone to work with them in different organizations so don't make it difficult i would stay in touch with them there's a difference between business and and personal relationships if you've built a personal relationship keep the personal relationship because you never know where they're going to end up Uh, so those are the seven things i would suggest that you do that's a really great list i don't have as rigorous a list i'm thinking about it more kind of strategically the big danger in how you break up is going to be what it does to your reputation, right? So it may be that you could cut this client off in such a way that they or the people who work there as they move on would never work with you again. 
or alternatively that they start talking to other people who could potentially be your clients and damage your relationship in that way. So you need to balance how you're going to do this. I think you also need to look at the the reasons for why. If it's just kind of a, a financial decision of like, we're just not making enough money serving you as we had in the past or as we as we need to to survive, that's going to be a different conversation than your employees are terrible to us and they're causing our employees to quit and have mental breakdowns. And I think that those two things can be handled in a very different way. So, you know, just like the way that you end personal or romantic relationships, there are various strategies for doing that. I believe Simon and Garfunkel listed off 50 ways you can leave your lover. There may be some of those that might be (laughs) appropriate there. There may be a case where it's just when the contract is time to renew, you just tell them that you no longer are going to offer that service anymore. That very much depersonalizes it. Like it's not we're breaking up with you. It's just we don't do this kind of work anymore in general. If it's a, a more specific problem, then it may be worth addressing it directly. I This is kind of in the same general direction. My, the gym that I go to was recently bought out by new ownership. And they talked to all of us as we came to check in the, after the, the transition and said, people who have contracts that are below a certain amount per month, we're just going to have to to cancel those those memberships. We just cannot afford to serve people at that level. And I had some insane deal with them. The, the gym was very horribly managed before. And so it didn't surprise me at all that I was not a financially viable customer for them the way it had been before. I was willing, I wasn't thrilled about it, but I was very willing to pay a few more extra dollars per month because they explained like, this is just the new policy and this is you know the minimum that we can have people pay in order to serve. I was fine with that discussion and I saved, uh, I was, I continued in that relationship. They were in a position to fire me as a customer if I had refused to, to pay more. And that would have just been how things work. So if there's a specific problem that can be addressed, maybe you don't need to fire them. And maybe you just need to have that direct conversation as, as Colin was talking about. If there are other types of problems, you know, maybe you can handle it in a little bit more indirect of a way so that you, you can save their reputation and and not kind of have that direct confrontation if that doesn't seem like it'll facilitate any problem solving going forward. Totally agree with you. As you say, there are 50 ways to leave your lover. It's actually quite interesting, and I, and I shared this on the last podcast uh, that we did about building relationships. Just Google, how do I leave a, a romantic relationship or whatever words. Or a podcast co-host. Podcast example. co-host, yeah. How do you leave it as we've experienced today? You know, halfway during the show, Ryan decides to walk out the door, but there you go, <laughs> such is life. I find that part of the problem that people have when they think about firing customers or, or, or breaking up with customers, some of it comes down to this segmentation and targeting mindset that you and I have talked about before. The reality is that there's no company that can possibly serve everyone because you can do a limited number of things and that's going to meet the needs of some people well, and it's not going to meet the needs of other people well. And so where you you have the most resistance to this idea of firing customers is in organizations that haven't embraced the reality of needing to target and serve well those people that you're in the position to serve well and recognize that there are other people who are not your customers and so need to kind of be let go in that way. So strategically, I would I would encourage this segmentation and targeting mindset, this culture within your organization of realizing we know who our customers are and who are going to be, and we're going to serve them really well, but it's not everybody. And so sometimes if we occasionally pick up a client who's not within our, our target, then 
that's probably not a great thing for us and we're probably going to need to let them go. So it, it may also be just kind of a general approach to strategy, marketing strategy that can help ease us through this problem. Yeah, really good point. So Robert, I really hope that that's been of use. I hope that helps you out of your pickle. Make sure that you go to listen to the other show that we did. I think there's some stuff there that you'll uh, gain some knowledge from as well. And again, we'll put a link to all of this in the in the show notes. And if you have a pickle, if you have a business problem and you want Ryan and I to pontificate about it, to try to offer you some guidance, then all you need to do is go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle. And tell us what your pickle is. We don't ask for your email addresses. If you want to write that, that's fine. And we should have a new widget on there where you can record it. And if you record it, then we'll put you on the show and obviously let you know when uh, when it's going to be released and everything else. We look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.